Chapter Sixteen of Fantasties, a Fairy Romance for Men and Women by George MacDonald. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Thomas Copeland. Chapter Sixteen. Even the sticks which ninefold her enfoldeth hems not Ceres' daughter in its flow, but she grasps the apple, ever holdeth her sad Orcus down below. Schiller das ideal und das leben ever as i sang the veil was uplifted ever as i sang the signs of life grew till when the eyes dawned upon me it was with that sunrise of splendour which my feeble song attempted to re-embody the wonder is that i was not altogether overcome but was able to complete my song as the unseen veil continued to rise this ability came solely from the state of mental elevation in which I found myself. Only because uplifted in song was I able to endure the blaze of the dawn. But I cannot tell whether she looked more of statue or more of woman. She seemed removed into that region of fantasy where all is intensely vivid, but nothing clearly defined. At last, as I sang of her descending hair, the glow of soul faded away like a dying sunset. A lamp within had been extinguished, and the house of life shone blank in a winter morn. She was a statue once more, but visible, and that was much gained. Yet the revulsion from hope and fruition was such that, unable to restrain myself, I sprang to her and, in defiance of the law of the place, flung my arms around her, as if I would tear her from the grasp of a visible death, and lifted her from the pedestal down to my heart. But no sooner had her feet ceased to be in contact with the black pedestal than she shuddered and trembled all over. Then, writhing from my arms, before I could tighten their hold, she sprang into the corridor with the reproachful cry, you should not have touched me, darted behind one of the exterior pillars of the circle and disappeared. I followed almost as fast, but ere I could reach the pillar, the sound of a closing door, the saddest of all sounds sometimes, fell on my ear, and, arriving at the spot where she had vanished, I saw, lighted by a pale yellow lamp which hung above it, a heavy, rough door altogether unlike any others I had seen in the palace, for they were all of ebony or ivory or covered with silver plates or of some other odorous wood and very ornate, whereas this seemed of old oak with heavy nails and iron studs. Notwithstanding the precipitation of my pursuit, I could not help reading in silver letters beneath the lamp, No one enters here without the leave of the queen. What was the queen to me when I followed my white lady? I dashed the door to the wall and sprang through. Lo, I stood on a waste, windy hill. Great stones, like tombstones, stood all about me. No door, no palace was to be seen. A white figure gleamed past me, wringing her hands and crying, Ah, you should have sung to me, you should have sung to me, and disappeared behind one of the stones. I followed, a 
cold gust of wind met me from behind the stone, and when I looked I saw nothing but a great hole in the earth, into which I could find no way of entering. Had she fallen in? I could not tell. I must wait for the daylight. I sat down and wept, for there was no help. End of chapter 16 Recording by Thomas Copeland